Welcome to In the Studio with Michael Card. We're excited to feature this classic edition of the program from sessions at the Mole End Studio in Franklin, Tennessee. What you'll hear now was recorded several years ago. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed, the powerful lessons from the music and conversations are timeless. Our web and email address hasn't changed, but now you can connect via Facebook or Twitter when you search for Michael Card. We hope to hear your reactions to this classic edition of In the Studio. Studio with Michael Card coming to you from Franklin, Tennessee. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Michael, we're on different parts of the country, mm-hmm. different times of the day. And here's, here's a note from Victoria mm-hmm. who says, I listen to your radio program on Saturday mornings. It comes on at 6 a.m. Ouch. My day off, but I can't turn it off, she oh, said. We no, like that's that's like dedication. That. Yeah. You and your guests <laughs> are such an inspiration to me. I miss you when you came to Grand Junction, Colorado last September, she well. says. I thank God for men like you that listen to him and follow the direction in which he leads. So thank you, Victoria. Yeah, to, to, to have taken the time to write a note like that, we, we do appreciate it. We And we get notes from, we, we just read one from Wales. Mm-hmm. Some guy picked it up off the web and right. listened to it on his iPod. Michaelcard.com. It's amazing stuff. Or go yeah. to iTunes and in the directory type Michael Card yeah. or in the studio and you'll find what our program listed yeah. there. So thank you. Well. We are so excited to have Dr. John Piper back in the studio Mm -hmm. with us today. And also in the second half of the program, we are going to return to the Empty Hands Fellowship for a visit there briefly. Catch up with uh, Denny Denson and what's going on there in in terms of the community here in in Franklin, racial reconciliation. God's really doing something. It always is a rich time to attend an Empty Hands meeting here in Mm -hmm. Franklin, and we'll do that in the second half of the program Mm -hmm. today. But we open with a song, Pilgrims to the City of God, is what we've chosen to open today. Michael, with uh, Paul Eckberg on percussion, Steve Mikesell joining you on the bass here. The good news is uh, the Bible is taking us somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we are we may be homeless, and this world is not our home, but we're going somewhere. Yeah, I like we're this pilgrims. one a lot. Pilgrims to the City of God. Michael Card in the studio. One, two, three, one. out across and crown We travel a dark road that has but one light for we have here no lasting town And sometimes we run by the power of his might On our own at the best we can plod What we hopefully look for is just beyond sight We are pilgrims to the city of strangers lost in a strange land in a fallen world that's not our home but we are not just homeless prodigals here because we have some place to go and sometimes we run by the power of his might on our own at the best we can plot what we hopefully look for on sight, we are pilgrims to the city of God. Pilgrims to the city of God. Behold, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the great King, to thousands and thousands of angels who come, assemble to joyfully. beyond sight. We 
are pilgrims to the city of God. Pilgrims to the city of God. Well, we are so delighted to have Dr. John Piper back with us today. Last week, though, I botched the introduction. Uh, tell us exactly what you do now at the church, Bethlehem Baptist there in Minneapolis, John. I've been there for 25 years, and uh, I think the sign outside my office right now reads, <laughs> um, Pastor for Preaching and Vision. Wow. Wow. I think that's, that's very what cool. Said. No, nobody knows that, but it's on the sign. <laughs> as long as you know it, that's important. Yeah. The, re- the reason for those kinds of titles, this is not what we're here to talk about, but I'll say it anyways, <laughs> is, is that we really do believe in the plurality of elders, mm-hmm. equal pastor, elder pastor, same yeah. thing in the New Testament, yeah. and that, that we're defined by tasks, basically, and gifts, not by rankings, not by hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. I have a task that the elders yeah. assign me. It's preaching and buck-stopping vision kind of thing. So then there's... There's pastors for all kinds of other things. It really is wise. It's mm-hmm. so possible today to build a church around the personality of an individual, isn't it? And I'm sure that's what you're trying to get away from. It's very dangerous. Yeah. We need to have a, a body of uh, godly men who hold the vision mm-hmm. so that if one of them drops dead, like me, <laughs> the vision will not drop dead. Mm-hmm. Well, John, let's uh, talk about what we intended to talk about with Michael here last week when you were with us, uh, and you can open the scripture with us wherever you like to begin the conversation today. You're talking about God is the gospel. God is the gospel. Yeah, right. and well, I, you know, it would have been very easy to jump in with the song, and so I will. Okay. Pilgrims on our way somewhere, looking forward, maybe not having all the home here we wish. There are not a lot of people who live that way today, mm. and um, that's because I think. The gospel is not rightly cherished and understood as ultimately the gift of God as our treasure. There are all kinds of other ways to present the gospel rather than saying God is the essence of the good of the gospel. Gospel means good news or Mm -hmm. to gospel to proclaim good news. And so if you ask somebody, uh, you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yes. What's the good news? Hmm. Very few people, I think, today would say, God is the good news. Hmm. Being with God, seeing God, enjoying God, yeah. fellowshipping with God, Jesus communing with God. Jesus making a way God. to God, right. So uh, I, th- I think the issue to, to, to be talked about is how does that come out in the Bible? We can look at a verse or two or more. And, and then what are the other pieces of the gospel that tend to preempt that final um, goal? So here, here's the key verse, a key verse. First uh, Peter 3, 18. Christ suffered once for the sins, for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Hmm. So that seems pretty clear that the reason for the suffering of Christ ultimately is to enable sinners who are being driven away by the wrath of God, God's love intervenes and slakes or absorbs his wrath so that now his mercy can draw sinners. And the goal is that he might bring us to God. So God is the goal of the gospel. And, and for this to, to, to sound like what I mean it to sound, I have to contrast it with other ways of preaching the gospel that are right. They're right. They're not evil. Mm. For example, I would say a typical preaching of the gospel would offer forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Typical preaching of the gospel would offer justification. Typical preaching of the gospel would offer relief from guilt or escape from hell or entrance into heaven or reunion with mom or a better marriage. I'm getting worse here now as I go along. (laughs) I started more biblical like I'm moving out to the prosperity things Mm -hmm. that might come. They might come. I mean, your marriage ought to improve when you become a Christian. It ought to. It it not necessarily will. You might be left because you become a Mm. Christian. So what I'm pointing out is that even people who preach forgiveness of sins and relief from guilt and escape from wrath and entrance into heaven, if they stop there, you haven't asked, so what? I mean, I ask, I ask people sometimes, just provocatively, <laughs> so you, you like to have your sins forgiven? Well, yes. I'd say, well, why? 
Stop them in their tracks. Why? I mean, who cares? What difference should it make? Yeah, yeah, who cares if your sins are forgiven? And if they answer, oh, I don't want to go to hell, that's a good answer. But if that's the end answer, Mm -hmm. it's not a good answer. Mm -hmm. What's another good time to ask why? Why don't you want to go to hell? What's what's the difference? I mean, you know, if if God isn't at the center of of it all, what is hell but separation from God? Well, you know, I've been thinking, Michael, a lot about that in the last twenty four hours. I think mm-hmm. you touched a nerve there. Um, <laughs> we may not want to go here, but yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'll tell you what I've been thinking. Namely, that to describe hell as separation from God works mm-hmm. for people who love God. Uh huh. It does not work for people who say, cool. Who cares? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I'm okay. not the least interested in being with God Get anyway. Away from him. So right. that is not a hellish statement. Okay. You're going to go to hell. What do you mean? No God. I say, <laughs> big deal. Yeah. So I think that's why the Bible uh. says lots more, like unquenchable fire, outer darkness, mm-hmm. weeping and gnashing of teeth, cut off from all that is good. Yeah, the laments describe this sort of loneliness. I mean, I, I think in lament, the lament literature, hell is God's hidden face when God hides his face. But again, that's another problem definition well, see, for that, someone who couldn't care less. Exactly. Yeah. That's a lament for the godly saint, yes, for the person uh-huh. who's really lamenting in the Psalms. For God to hide his face is horrible. Mm-hmm. Don't take your face from me. But it, it's interesting. There are other laments where he'll say, that, uh, hide your face from my sin. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe for more for the unbeliever, it's uh, the hidden face of God is not such a bad thing either. Exactly, which yeah. is why we must describe hell as suffering, physical suffering, mm-hmm. something they can understand. Mm-hmm. Because it is. That's what the Bible presents it to be, a lake of fire. Their torment, the smoke from their torment goes up forever and ever. But that sounds so harsh to people. It is harsh. It's it's infinitely harsh because sin is an infinite offense against an infinite God. And we need to say that. But, Mm -hmm. But my point here is... That's not the essence of the gospel. That's not the ultimate good. The ultimate good news is not escaping the fires of hell. Because some people would say... Well, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. Well, what would you like? Uh, golf, uh, new car every third week, uh, swimming, skiing. Uh, hell is uh, the taking away of all the things they like and the giving of suffering. So if you solve the problem of hell, you just put it back to the natural thing. Mm-hmm. And right. that's not the gospel. The mm-hmm. gospel, the question, the other provocative question I ask, besides why do you want to be forgiven, is if, if you could have heaven, restoration with every friend you've ever lost, total health in your body, all the pleasures of uh, sexuality that you ever dreamed of having, every leisure form of joy that you've ever imagined, and God not be there, how would you like that? Hmm. That's a scary question to ask people because a lot of them tremble at that point and say, I'm afraid I I might like that a lot Mm -hmm. because God isn't their joy. He isn't their delight. He's a means to their delight. Mm-hmm. He, he gives them a better marriage. He, he gets guilt feelings out of their head. He takes away the fear of death. And he gives them... I mean, I've, I've even heard famous evangelists say, heaven be like eternal golf. That's wow. not a good... That's an insult to God, ...analogy. So the whole point of this book, God is the Gospel, is to try to not make light of or belittle forgiveness of sins or justification by faith or escape from hell or entrance into everlasting uh, bliss where all mourning and crying and pain is gone. The former things have passed away. Amen. Yes, God. But now what? Now what? Hmm. It's got to be God. And, and that totally affects how a pastor does his work. I think it affects how everybody does their work because... I'm always going to be pushing on every blessing of the Bible. I mean, there's thousands of them, right? Thousands of good things God does for his people in the Bible. And I'm always pushing through the good thing, mm-hmm. through the good thing mm-hmm. to God himself. Yeah. Because those good things, those those heavenly experiences that you were describing, those are just an effect of his presence, right? I mean, if, if I have that uh, experience of joy, it's behind that experience is is God, his presence. Right. Is that and what I, you're saying? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm saying that and more. I think to call it an effect of his presence still might mean that he is the means. I'm just going for the effect. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's the means. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say yes, cause effect. Mm-hmm. 
But now the effect is designed as a channel or uh, a way of seeing more of God. I think all the blessings that come from the heart of God, which makes him gracious, are meant to reveal what will itself be the satisfaction of our souls. Yeah. You're sending us to the source. Yes, God, the God source, is the source. Source and goal. Source and goal. It's always together. And all the let's step back and raise the huge question why did god create the universe of materiality mm-hmm. skin bald heads <laughs> balding heads <laughs> red t-shirts mm-hmm. wool sweaters i mean what 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 is all this stuff that is so vulnerable to being idle i d o l why did he take such awful risks in messing up his own uh perfect beauty as the source of everything and create alternatives to it out there like sunsets and little babies and marriage and sexual intercourse and pizza and on and on and on. And and the answer must be something like, we wouldn't know him for all that he is if we didn't see him in and through all that he made. Mm -hmm. There must be something to s- the heavens are telling the glory of God. Mm. They're not mainly attracting attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. So C.S. Lewis's joy, his experience of joy in the little tin garden that pointed beyond to... Exactly. Yeah. If anybody reads Surprised by Joy, they'll understand a big influence on my life. Mm-hmm. And what set me up, like last time you talked about our design, our, our, what, we're wired to see certain things because mm-hmm. of who we are. Mm-hmm. Lewis affect my wiring profoundly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in, in from age 20 to say 24, Lewis wired me up with those concepts of when you read a great novel and you feel longing mm-hmm. rising in your heart, kind of an amorphous longing. You don't even know what it's for. The world experiences this, and Lewis comes along and names it. He says mm-hmm. the gospel names it. And if you try mm-hmm. to make the experience of the longing the goal, because it feels so good, mm-hmm. it evaporates. As soon as, as soon as you stand in front of the mirror to admire this good thing that's happening in you, boom, it's gone. Which is why it's, it's mm-hmm. so remarkable how... Well, this, this takes us to another verse, and this might be a good place to... Yeah, I was going to ask you to take us to that second passage. By the way, we're talking with Dr. John Piper here in the studio with Michael Card. if you joined us just a bit late today. Well, that idea of Lewis, as soon as you turn in on a subjective experience of joy, it evaporates. Mm-hmm. Um, like standing in front of a piece of great art and suddenly feeling some wonder and then stepping away and looking inside your stomach say, whoa, I love that feeling. Where's that feeling? And you're, you're looking in your stomach and say, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. You forget your stomach and keep looking at the painting and it might come back. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's the verse in the Bible that talks about that in 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all with unveiled face... Mm. Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So it's beholding the glory of the Lord that produces everything in us. We want to happen. But as soon as we get our eyes off him and start looking at that good stuff that might be happening in us, like gratitude might be happening or worship might be happening or love might be happening, and we start looking at it, it's going to go because we have to keep riveted on the beauty of God. And so God is the gospel is a call to do that. It's a call to see God in and through everything, especially the the cross. But how is that looking at um, arrived? At? I mean, how do you arrive at looking at that, that beauty and that glory? The Drop down six verses, four verses, and into the next chapter where it says 4-4, four, four, and it says... Uh, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing, now here it comes, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So, Mike, my answer to how does the seeing happen, it Mm -hmm. happens most essentially, most convictingly, most transformingly at the cross, where we, we fix ourselves on the the gospel, which is Christ crucified for sinners and risen again, and it's called the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. When the gospel, when the cross, the scandalon, mm-hmm. like we were talking about last time, is rightly preached, there is a glory, a beauty of God in Christ that shines out of this gospel that is the seeing of God as an end in Himself by grace through faith. 
by grace through faith. You, you can't see that on your own because it says there the God of this world it's has blinded, blinded yeah. the minds of unbelievers. And now verse 6 gives the answer to what you were just asking, I mm-hmm. guess. For God who said, let, let light, light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give this light of the knowledge of the glory okay. of God. So it's as though we are the uh, world dark like creation at the beginning, and God says to the world, let there be light. And by his own word, light happens. So he says, here's a dark heart who can't see God at all. God's Mm. totally boring. The gospel is boring. Church is boring. The Bible is boring. And suddenly God sovereignly speaks into this heart, let there be light. And all of a sudden, the tract doesn't look stupid anymore. Mm -hmm. Billy Graham doesn't sound like a fool anymore. Mm -hmm. Church has something attractive about it. The Bible is drawing us. And the only explanation for that is grace. Mm. By grace is awakening a sight, and the sight produces the faith. Mm. What was the testimony of the man in the the gospel? All I know is once I was blind, but now I can see. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Jesus, Jesus got in his life and touched Mm. him. Well, well, John, it is, uh, it's exciting to see the truth that you're teaching us from the Word of God here today in the studio. I'm just so delighted that you would come here and spend this time with us. Um, Michael's going to sing a song that I think now is the moment to hear this song, don't you? Well, I love the song, Be Thou My Vision. In fact, the tune is the theme of our own radio program. Oh, and I, I chose that, that. Because, because that song comes about as close to getting God as the gospel as any song I know about. My, my treasure, my king, my vision, everything he is. You are my way of looking at the world. From yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the song. Too. So I'd, well, I'd like to I, say we chose the song to honor you and your program, but we didn't. <laughs> we didn't know that. But no. the Lord again worked that out for it us. It will be a pleasure today. to hear you All sing right. it. Well, let's let's ask Michael to do that now here in the studio. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou my inheritance now and always. And so it's it's riches that are not the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the praise of man is not the gospel. And I would even press it on in that forgiveness of sins per se is not the gospel. We were saying that earlier. And uh, the illustration that I have in my mind to, to make that really plain is if, if I 
stumble over some laundry that I think my wife should have put away the night before when I get up in the morning and I say something really ugly and and it turns out to be my fault anyway. I've just ruined the whole morning. So we're down in the kitchen now. There's ice in the air. Her back is to me at the at the sink and I I know I need to ask for forgiveness. But why do I want it? Is it just that I don't like these bad feelings I have? I'd really like to go to work feeling good. Mm-hmm. Is that it? That's not it. No. I want her to turn around. I want her to have eyes that are warm. I want her arms around me. Forgiveness is all about getting everything out of the way, including riches and praise of man and everything that song articulated, so that I have her. And I think in marriage, that's just a, a picture of how we and God are supposed to delight in each other. So mm-hmm. God is the gospel means that, yes, we should preach forgiveness, and, and yes, freedom from guilt, and yes, escape from hell, and yes, entrance into heaven, and yes, justification, but all of that as a means, means to the end of having the embrace of God and seeing and knowing and loving and enjoying God forever. Mm-hmm. We need to pray at the end of this conversation. I think there are people who are listening who um, who who maybe have longed for that embrace but have never uh, been able to articulate it for themselves the way you've articulated it for us, John. I think we need to pray for that person uh, who, you know, we describe Lewis who had these longings but uh, finally came to Christ and was able to put uh, a name to those longings. Yeah, we have just a minute left, John. Would you pray along those lines? Father in heaven, I join my heart now here with Wayne and Mike for the one person Mm -hmm. who is hungry for Christ, hungry for God. We know that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We know that it is by grace through faith that we are saved. We know that we are dead in trespasses and sins until you say, let there be life. We're dark until you say, let there be light. So I ask Mm -hmm. that you would speak that sovereign, creative, life-giving, light-giving word into this person's heart right now. Open them to see and savor Jesus Christ above all things. I ask in his name. Amen. Mm. John, uh, bless you for coming. And I hope this won't be uh, the last time. Look forward to spending some time with you again soon. Thank you very much. It's been great to be here. And we're coming to the halfway point of our 200th broadcast here in the studio with Michael Card. Before we take a break, I want to encourage you to send your story of how God has used this radio outreach in your life. Your comments and Bible questions are always welcome when you email us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Also, you can discover more about this program and Michael's music and teaching ministry at michaelcard.com. Online, you can listen again with streaming audio at the Radio Archives page or hear us through our podcast. You can find the program by typing Michael Card when you search the iTunes podcast directory. Again, our web home is found by typing michaelcard.com. And you'll want to stay with us for the second half as we step out of the Molen studio for a field trip to the Empty Hands Fellowship. So join us after these messages on the Moody Broadcasting Network. Wrap up your summer with a new edition of In the Studio with Michael Card. Our session begins with an insightful conversation with Eric DeVitro, who talked about developing spiritual health in churches under 200 people. Then Michael addresses the question, what do you do when God is your enemy? We'll turn to Jeremiah for an answer as part of our series on biblical lament. Open your Bible and your heart for teaching, conversation, and Michael's music. Details at michaelcard.com. Welcome back in the studio with Michael Card. We won't be here at the Mole End Studio too much longer, though, because we're going to visit with the men of the Empty Hands Fellowship. As you listen to this segment, it will be clear that there was great enthusiasm in the room the day we recorded. The Lord's Spirit was present for the meeting. All of us were privileged to be a part of this dynamic gathering. Coming up, we'll hear from some new friends and several familiar voices, including Pastor Denny, Scott Rowley, Pastor Hewlett Sawyers, and Dr. Ben Johnson. So right now, let's head to McCready's in downtown Franklin, Tennessee. 
Well, as you can tell, we have moved out of the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard. Michael, the Wednesday morning meeting of the Empty Hands Fellowship has just concluded. Yep. It's been a, another wonderful meeting of, uh, of yep. these guys together. And we and have one of the original Empty Handers here, Al. Hi. Good morning. Uh, they asked me to give them my impression of Empty Hands. My first uh, meeting at Empty Hands was in March of 1996. I went to a foot washing. And uh, since that time, I have been a semi-regular attender of uh, uh, Empty Hands. I've been blessed. Uh, I call a lot of these brothers WARFs, which stand for Wild-Eyed Religious Fanatics. <laughs> and um, uh, What keeps you coming back? Al? Well, the, the fellowship, uh, I get stretched. I heard a testimony this morning that stretched me. I see God's grace in our lives. I see uh, the availability that God uses in people when they show up and uh, let go of themselves. So uh, something uh, happens here that needs to be happening in churches. I have a saying that every man has a story and most people want to tell it. Yeah. And so they come here and hear the stories and lives are transformed. Yeah. Well, God bless you. Thank you. I Appreciate you, the opportunity. I know you got to go, but thanks yeah. for, Thank for you. stopping by. Lord bless you. All right. Go start a fire for Jesus. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Al. Okay. Thanks, God Al. Bless you. Well, Michael, there's just the room, as you can tell, is just full of guys who we've just met. We've prayed together. We've heard a testimony, a powerful testimony of a changed life and how oh, yeah. God can move into a life and change it. Charles has stepped up here. Do you know Charles? Absolutely. Charles is a good brother, a Native American brother. And we, we need to get Denny back in for you guys to talk about your story. You know, Denny won't. I'll go get Denny while you talk to okay, Charles. Okay, Den Denny said uh, the other day, he said, I, I won't talk about racial reconciliation now uh, without mentioning the Native American brothers. And that's that's been your impact on his life. Well, yeah, it's been a blessing. My wife and I, she's a Lakota and Blackfoot. I'm of the Choctaw Nation. And, uh, and it's an exciting time for Native Americans because today, Native Americans, as we unite together, we are accepted any nation in the world to share Jesus with people. Wow. You know, the folks, the, the countries that do not like the United States love us because we're the original Americans. Yeah. They said, we just like America for what they did to you. Yep, right. And of course, those who love America... They love us because they say we're the original Americans, and, and so it's, it's a it's incredible doors being opened for Native Americans to share Jesus internationally as well. I heard one person that admired America for what we did to the Native Americans. It was Adolf Hitler. Mm, wow. We had one admirer. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing, unbelievable. I'm just telling the the people that uh, your your story is really uh, connected with. With Charles' story, you told us the other day you don't talk about reconciliation now unless you include the this is Native Pastor, American this brothers. Is Pastor Denny Denson here well, well, is joining well, the conversation. One of the things, you know, uh, when you know, a lot, lot of times when you when you're in on a movement, yeah. you know, a lot of times you think you're the only one. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and the Lord has given opportunity to go and talk to churches about racial uh, racial reconciliation or racial diversity. Myself and Scott Rowley, and it was always. The majority culture and the African American. Yeah. Majority. Every once in a while, we mention Hispanic. Yeah. But the Lord, uh, the Lord uh, gave me an op. He opened my eyes. Uh, you know, Charles Nine spotted Empty Hands Fellowship, yeah. and uh, Richard Twist uh, came here, and uh, he was talking about how the mainstream church does not look at the American Indian as as a missionary, but as a mission project. Wow. Uh, as he just stated about how they're able to go to parts of the country where, where, where the major church is not accepted, yeah. but yet they're able to minister. But then when they come home, they become uh, mission field. Mission field. Yeah. And, and I, I, I told him and I told Richard Twist, I will never get up again and talk to, the, to a church about racial reconciliation or racial diversity without specifically stating my native brother you know, uh, as part of that, you know, that's you. That's that's your impact on his life. Be, be, because you, you know that, that that's a, that, you know, and you you don't think about it. And he mentioned, he said, you know, and uh, uh, in, in, in the in the majority culture, the Anglo culture, you know, you got major church players, African American, you got major church players, even Hispanic, but you can't name one American Indian that's a part, a Native American. I'm sorry, a Native American that's not part of the major church culture. Yeah. Charles, you've obviously had a tremendous impact on these men. What impact have they had on you? Oh, this is a this is a place where we come together in unity. Richard Twist, a good friend of ours, says there's no unity without diversity. When we come to Empty Hands Fellowship. The only gathering I've ever been to 
where you have people from every nationality and uh, that, that come together diversified to form unity. Because mm -hmm. you take a look at God's creation, there's so many different types of trees, not just one type of tree, so many different types of plants, not just one type of plant. Mm -hmm. And then you take a look at Revelation 7, 9, where every tribe and tongue and nation will be together. Mm -hmm. But what about the in-between time? Well, now is the in-between time. And what we're doing here with Empty Hands Fellowship, and I've been invited to be a part of this, as any man has, any, any person has, what we have here is that Revelation 7-9 celebration taking place every Wednesday morning. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a great blessing for me and my family to be a part. But, but you know, and another thing that really struck me when, you know, uh, when Richard says that if a, if a president on Wall Street, of a corporation on Wall Street gets saved, you know, they, they don't tell him that, you know, you can't go out and make money like you've been making. You, whatever you got, you bring it with you. But but when 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 the uh, American, a Native American, come, you you can't dance anymore. You can't wear your god. You can't you can't express your your roots. Who you, know, you are? Who you are? Yes. And and and, and I, you know you don't think about things like that. And and and, and uh, then then yet we want to criticize the the, the the Native people because a lot of them won't accept Christ. But you're saying you can't come as you are. You can't come who you are. You've got to emulate. Us, or else you don't come. Mm. John McGuire has joined our circle of conversation here. Another empty hander, and John, I know you stepped in kind of in the middle of this, but yeah. any any thoughts you want to add? Well, you know, just observing Charles and Susan in what they're doing, and yes. just uh, you know his tour last summer of Indian reservations, Native American reservations across Canada and the United States, and and really when you think about it, it kind of goes to much of what was talked about today is who is it who's going to be there to share Christ who's going to be sitting next to you on the park bench you know that's really where it comes down to it's about relationship and what they've done successfully now is established relationships last summer and I know he's about to launch into another summer where, where they'll go from from powwow to powwow and reservation to reservation continue their ministry and and what's really powerful is um, his wife's testimony she shares about how somebody shared with her when she was 18 years old and those kind of realities of she had never heard the name of Jesus before she was 18 years old she grew up on a reservation never heard the name of Jesus before she was 18 years old now those kind of realities to me you know I, I grew up I was five days old the first time I was taken to church and grew up in the church and I, I believed in Jesus before I believed in Santa Claus I mean those kind of realities and and the Native American population has been the forgotten mission field in the United States of America without a doubt and, and I'm excited about Red Road and what God's doing oh, yeah. through Charles and Susan yes. And he's really just doing a great work. Well, our, our circle keeps growing wider and wider here, Michael. Let's, uh, let's make room for a couple more of these brothers. Freddie uh, was the first one that I met here this morning, uh, out on the sidewalk, actually. And, uh, Freddie, you described yourself as a steward this morning. I want to talk to you about that. You have a pretty unique farm here in Franklin. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, for like three, for three generations or so, you know, during my lifetime, we farm here. And at this point, we're farming uh, a certified organic farm. We just got certified organic last year. And so uh, most of the stuff that we grow, produce, go to feed hunger, for hunger relief. We sell some of it. We have cows, goats, you know, nearly 100 acres. And uh, the Lord has blessed us with that. You know, we couldn't afford to pay for it. So the Lord has given it to us, and he's given us our health. You know, I'm 58. So that's the reason why I say, you know, we are stewards. Because in spite of myself, I, I'm, I'm not worthy to have what the Lord had given me. And I'm not good enough to be doing the Lord's work. Here now, we went to high school together. We graduated together, Did you really? together in 1965. So he knows, you know, I'm just preaching to the choir and talking to him. I don't, he I don't think I he wanted from. you to tell the year, though. Well, I feel blessed. And you feel blessed, too. We, we just had a 41st class reunion last year. So you've been walking together a long time. Yes, right. So you've observed this man, Freddie, for a long yes, time. You see the Lord working in him, right? I do As see a farmer. That. I do see that. Uh, Freddie went away for a while to the military and came back, and, and the Lord gave him this vision. And, the, and he's worked it. He's worked and he's been faithful to it. And I believe the Lord is blessing what he's doing. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, I really admire your attitude about being a steward of what God has given yes. you, but also to be able to work with your hands the way you yes. do. I mean, yes. did, you, did you ever see yourself doing what you're doing? As a child, uh, when I came up, you know, we went to high school from 61 to 65, 1961 to 65. And my dad, I thought he was mean because he worked me so hard. You know, we had mules, farming is hard work. Yeah. And I didn't see myself 
you know, being uh, a farmer. But if something's happened, you know, uh, you know, the Lord, you have to be who the Lord wants you to be. And then I started thinking about what a blessing it is to do what it is the Lord wants me to do. Like here, you know, pastor, he's a pastor of the church at the end of the road where I used to go to Sunday school when I was just a little kid. You know, so... Uh, the continuity. Yeah, so in the community, you know, here's the yeah. pastor at the end of the road. I see where, how the Lord have arranged things in our environment the way he wants it to be and have called us to do what he wants us to do. And we give honor and glory to God right here, like the way here at prayed this morning, you know. That's right. And so we are blessed, and we come to appreciate that more as we get older. You know, the fact that we can work in the ground, or the fact that you have the health and strength to have a church as busy as your church is, that's been there for that many years. So we're blessed people, see. We're blessed. Yeah. Freddie, God bless you. Thank, Thank you for uh, joining us. Mike has actually, Michael Card has actually drifted off to another circle of conversation, and he's left me with a microphone for some reason. So, Hewitt, don't leave me, okay? I won't leave Don't you. leave me. <laughs> Let's bring in this brother. Introduce yourself to us. Uh, Rob Kendall. Rob, welcome. Thank you. Do you know Pastor Sawyer's here? Absolutely. A very good friend of mine. Uh, Rob is, uh, and his wife have a beautiful ministry in helping uh, young women, particularly unwed mothers, uh, financially to learn how to do things financially and also to raise their children, make a home for their kids. Rob, Rob has done a great, great job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's definitely not about us. It, that's the truth. That's the truth. No. It's not about the diversity us. here at this group, Hewitt, uh, the diversity is just remarkable. I know it's been going on for a few years. The Lord has brought this group together. I think this is one of the untold stories. Um, Empty Hands uh, started uh, a number of years ago, some 12, 13 years ago, uh, really with just uh, two or three people meeting in, in the church offices and what have you, just to pray. And that's all we did. And then the Lord moved us as some others wanted to become involved. And the diversity of the group just came along and different people from different socio-economic uh, backgrounds and uh, denominational backgrounds. It's just made a difference. And God has grown that over this period of time into what we have now. Yeah. It's marvelous. Yeah, Rob and, and Pastor, look who's joined the circle here now. Uh, Dr. Ben Johnson, uh, just a man we all love so much. And uh, it was great to see you walk in the, the back door here this morning and join us just a little bit late, but you're here, right? Look at me here. <laughs> Our mentor and our friend and our brother. Absolutely. <laughs> Scott, Scott Rowley is with us as well. Scott, what does this man mean to you? Dr. Johnson obviously means everything to us. Uh, his, his, his character, what Christ has formed in him uh, as our father, our mentor, uh, really Christ's representative in a, in a parental way. Obviously to the Moody people as well. Yeah. Uh, known, he's a name that nobody needs yeah. to... Taught you know, at Moody Bible Institute. Right, for years and years and still a pastor years. and teacher. Mm -hmm. um, his health has been... Uh, he's had some struggles this year in yeah. health and yet he's shown us each uh, what it means to, to realize, hey, the cross oftentimes means struggling through difficulties. Yeah. So he's been, he's been a, a blazing fire for Christ yeah. for us. Dr. Ben, uh, as we record at the end of the Empty Hands meeting here this morning, it's the start of the new year. Yes. What is your prayer for this group for this coming year? That they will continue to do what they're doing. People come in and know they are accepted regardless of their state, their condition. But also for me, uh, that I will make the doctors a liar because I'm given six months to live. <laughs> but I still bowl and I still play golf. <laughs> I still drive down to Atlanta to teach there. And I still sing Carry On. And you're still praying. Yes, indeed. And I understand that's, Scott, yeah. this man prays a lot every day. Yeah, he really taught us about prayer. Obviously, again, the fundamental of what the fellowship's about. And for any listeners, our hope is that we pray more and more this year, that 06 is the year of prayer. Yeah. This has been going on here, uh, Pastor Sawyers, for about 10 years, 10, 12 years. The Empty Hands has been meeting. 15 years ago, could you have imagined that we'd be at this place today? No way to have imagined it at that time because the conditions were so different than what they are now. But it just goes to show the power of God, how he can change the hearts of mankind to do what it is he wants to have done. And I dare you to be able to serve him and be in his will. In the will of God, 
I believe the scripture puts it this way, is anything too hard for God? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask all of you men, this happens in one town, in one, one state in the, in the state of Tennessee, but we've got people listening all over the country. What can they do to foster this kind of thing where they live? This is Rob Kendall. Uh, Rob runs uh, Against the Grain, and I'd love for him to answer that. Be open. Be open and intentional about reaching out to your brothers and to your sisters of other races and denominations, laying aside our own opinions um, of Scripture and understanding that we all interpret Scripture differently. That doesn't mean that we're all right. It doesn't mean that we're all wrong. Uh, it means that, that God speaks to us individually in our own personal relationship uh, with Him. Some of us need certain things. Some of us don't need those things. Uh, and we have to major on the majors. If someone's thinking, wow, that's a thriving group. I want a thriving group right now. It doesn't start that easily, does it? You've got to start one-on-one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't. Hewitt and I have had lunch quite a few times together. Um, Scott Rowley's been part of my life since I was about seven years old. He married my sister. So we... Uh, uh, it takes a lot of time to build relationships and build trust. There's a lot of baggage that we all come in with. Yeah, and I was going to ask about that baggage because how do you how do you reconcile when there are differences that you need to get past? You know, there there are issues, right? We right. we talk it out, we cry it out, absolutely, and we work it out. One thing I like this: you know, where we're at outside, we never ignore each other. You know, uh, no, we work it out. It was his preaching at Franklin High School. My wife said, Ben, we need that. And we started with three or four of us to just grow, 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 and grow. Rob said it the right way. It's, a, it's an intentional thing. Yes, that's you, you, you've got to be intentional, yes. and you can't uh, decide you're going to start at the top, because if, the top, if you're at the top, there's no way to go but down. But uh, uh, Scott and I met a long time ago, and it was about some issues. Where they were, uh, uh, Christ Community Church was thinking about starting a school. And he had heard about me. I had heard about him. We started talking, and then we started praying together. And that's how this thing began to come out, just one-on-one and being intentional. Sometimes the walls can be um, racial. Sometimes they can be church walls, denominational walls. Uh, you guys have learned to kind of leap over those walls, at, at least it seems to me. Yeah. No, we didn't leap over them. No. We crawled over. We crawled over. And I think the Lord's knocked them down. I mean, I think literally he's paved the way. Every man in here would say, it's just by his grace and mercy that I'm even here. And I think that once you are able to walk through an opening in a wall, denominationally, economically, or racially, you're going to discover that this is for your benefit as well. It's not only for you to give, it's really for you to receive. And that's where I think we're, we're all sort of stunned, is how much I've missed by, by my lack of involvement with my African American or my Native American or my Asian American or Hispanic brothers and sisters. The whole church has been dysfunctional because of its segregation. And as it desegregates, you understand how rich the body of Christ is. We pray every day on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, we're ecumenically united. It's a diverse group in heaven. Uh, it's it's, a, it's a, an amazing group. It's a humongous redemption of every race, tribe, tongue, and people group. We need that in our lives today. Let's not wait. Let's move forward intentionally. God, it's about like uh, Dr. George Grant preached a sermon once said, we're going we're gonna to really be surprised when we get to heaven what heaven looks like. <laughs> That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Well, men, uh, thank you so much for allowing us to kind of step into this meeting from time to time and bring a microphone here from Michael's studio. And, uh, you know, as the meeting concluded just a few minutes ago, Pastor Sawyers, you, you closed in prayer. And then spontaneously, the man began to sing. And I want our listeners to be taken back to that moment, starting with your prayer here this morning. Thank you, men. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, we love you. And as we reflect this day, all we can do is say thank you. Thank you. Lord, we thank you that you have allowed us to see a brand new year. We thank you that you were faithful to your word all through 2005. And so, Lord, as we meet here on this day, as we think about how far you brought us, those times when we didn't see how we could make it, you showed up. Those times, Lord, when we thought we couldn't make another step, 
you pushed us a little further. And our Father, we are also thankful because of the circumstances that we looked at and we said, well, Lord, why would you use us? But you took broken people and you have made us what you would have us to be. Lord, we haven't yet arrived, but we're thankful that we're on our way. Uh, My Father, I pray for these people who are bowed in prayer with me today. We know, Father, that uh, the only way to really get to know anyone well is to talk to them. And so, Lord, we thank you that you allow us to talk to you today. Uh, Lord, we know your word has been written, but I love to talk to you anyway. Uh, Lord, I may not be able to articulate the way that some people would like it done. But, Lord, I think about the times that any of us can go in our closets. We can sit down and we can say anything we want to say. We thank you, Lord, that you are still a God who looks beyond our faults and provides for our needs. We thank you for Jim's powerful testimony. Oh, Lord, how blessed it would be if many of us would just give it up. And, Lord, and and, and just tell it like it is. Because, Lord, we're not yet all that we ought to be. But we're thankful we're not what we used to be. Our Father, we ask blessings now upon this empty hands fellowship. Lord, we pray that our hearts would show Jesus in everything we do. May we bump into someone today that doesn't know you. Someone who is burdened. Someone, Master, who needs a kind word or a smile on their face. Lord, I just pray that you'd use us today. Now, Master, because you've been good, we're going to trust that you're going to continue to be good. Now, Master, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. And we'll be careful to give thy name the praise. What is in the mighty name of Jesus our Christ we do pray. And for his sake we say, Amen. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures time with the men of the Empty Hands Fellowship. And thank you for joining us for our milestone program number 200 here in the studio with Michael Card. And we hope that you'll take a minute and let us know what you think of our program. We can't say enough how much it encourages all of us when we read your questions and comments. The email address is simply in the studio at michaelcard.com. Again, that's in the studio at michaelcard.com. Here's a note that came in from Dave who writes, I really love listening to the insight that you have on all the range of topics that you cover. Just want to tell you that in the studio, as well as Michael's music over the years, have been a true blessing. Keep it up. Well, we hope to hear from you. Again, the address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. And through the web, you can stay connected with all that's going on behind the scenes. Our address on the web is michaelcard.com. Now, if you missed any part of this broadcast, then we hope you'll take full advantage of our radio archive. And you can access the program now through a podcast. You can find the program by typing Michael Card when you search the iTunes podcast directory. Another way to be reminded of today's session is through our email devotion. Many are taking advantage of this weekly message, which includes scripture and thoughts from Michael that coincide with today's conversation. And you can find out how you can access this and see a complete listing of Michael's music and books online at michaelcard.com. The scripture text used on today's broadcast were from the New Living Translation. Our producer is Joe Carlson, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the Studio with Michael Card is a production of Community Broadcasting and the Moody Broadcasting Network.